welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Diversity Club, the podcast that shares the stories of immigrants that have relocated to Australia. My name is Basil Mawuza. To begin, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land upon which we record our podcast. I would like to pay my respects to their elders, both past and present. Indeed, I would like to acknowledge all the traditional custodians of the lands upon which immigrants have come to call home. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this week's podcast. Due to the importance of this episode, I'm going to start a little different than I usually do, which is by asking you to subscribe to the show, as well as to give us a five-star rating on any of the platforms on which you listen the show from. This can be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon, or Spotify. This will bump up the show and make it more accessible to people that are looking for the podcast. I know we have listeners from Australia, America, Canada, Cyprus, Zimbabwe, South Africa, Dubai, the Netherlands, absolutely everywhere. And I'm asking each and every one of you to take action and give this show a helping hand. Now, without any further ado, I would like to welcome Tarun, the case manager from ROA. Regional Opportunities Australia, who we spoke to last week when he shared with us his diversity story. This week, he is on the podcast speaking to us in his capacity as a ROA official. Welcome to the podcast again, Tarun. Thank you, Basil. Thank you for inviting us. The pleasure is all mine, Tarun. To get us started, can you start off by telling us what is ROA? Sure. Uh, So, Basil, as you know, Regional Opportunities Australia is what ROA uh, is an acronym for. So basically, we are a social enterprise startup that connects migrants, refugees, and asylum seekers who are looking for employment opportunities. And we connect them with regional opportunities within regional areas of Australia that are welcoming migrants into their communities. Excellent. May you please tell us who started Roa and what was their driving motivation behind doing so? Uh, Sure, Basil. So... Uh, ROA was founded by our parent organization. It's called Host International. And their primary agenda was to drive innovation in employment outcomes for migrants who face significant barriers, as you may know, to secure employment opportunities just because of their migration status. So that was the driving force. And the CEO of Host International, David Keegan, he's an accomplished uh, refugee support services uh, personnel. And he was frustrated by the fact that refugees and migrants were facing common barriers to employment opportunities. So he decided to give them the right help. Uh, Together with David, we had a former refugee and an entrepreneur, Mahir Moment. He's from Afghanistan himself. He was leading the startup at the time of conception. And being a refugee himself, he was able to resonate with the barriers and create solution for those. 100%. Having walked a similar journey would definitely have assisted him in his role with ROA. Now, Tarun, Australia is a continent and a vast one at that. Where was ROA founded? Right. So we started off in Sydney, New South Wales. And at the start, our focus was just within the Riverina region of New South Wales. That's where we started off. And how big was the team when you started? I know you mentioned that there were the two founding members. Uh, Were there any other people within the team when you got cracking? Including them, Basil. We were only four people during conception, three in Sydney and one in the Riverina region. 
But yeah. just to mention, we also had some governance and administration support from Host International, as I mentioned, the parent organization. I think when you're getting started, that lean startup arrangement works where information is shared very quickly and freely. And this has a knock-on effect on on your decision-making as well, because they can then also be made quickly. Now, Tarun, when Roa started, did you have a geographical location that you were targeting as well as an employment sector which you felt would be best suited for the clients that you were going to be working with? Initially, we started off with the Riverina focus because we had unemployed engagement personnel working from there. So it was easier yes. for us to match client needs and also the employer needs, and it was easier for yes. us to manage. However, when we speak of date, we currently have clients and employer engagers in six states and territories of Australia. And we've also been able to secure uh, employment in various sectors, such as within food processing, farm work, hospitality, uh, allied healthcare, and so on. So we have a very good mix of blue-collared roles and white-collared roles. Excellent, Arun. And outside of the parent organization that was backing ROA, did ROA have any other partners that it was working with? We also had key partners such as Westpac Foundation, who contributed in terms of volunteering staff time. We also had, uh, fortunately, pro bono support from corporates like McKinsey and Newgate Communications. And we're also very, very grateful for receiving financial contribution from organizations such as Sisters of Charity, Berg Family Foundation, Westpac, and ANZ. Wow, that is an amazing list of stakeholders, Tarun. That speaks to the quality of the organization, the people on its staff, as well as the vision that the organization is chasing. We were very grateful for that support. And through the support and hard work of the team, how has Rua grown over time? And what is the geographic footprint of the organization as of today? Sure. So as you know, we just started off in Sydney. But when we look about two years down the line now, Rua has doubled in terms of staff. We now have staff working within New South Wales, Victoria and South Australia. And we still have... Uh, host international contributing to our resources in terms of administration, governance, and so on. So our team has doubled, and we have operations in three states with staff operating from their day in, day out. That is absolutely fantastic. It is key to note that that growth speaks directly to the organization's increased capacity to help people. Having started off with the initial partners, has ROA been able to add on new partners, whether they be additional donors, employers, or even uh, government agencies that assist the organization in its work? Yeah, so in terms of uh, employers, we're currently working with over 20 employers from a wide range of industries to ensure that we can facilitate the needs of our clients. Uh, We also have added some donors. So we do have donors such as Macquarie Foundation, Uh, Westpac Foundation, as I previously mentioned. And we've also been able to integrate a lot of community leaders to encourage us to find more and more people, migrants and refugees, so that we can help them find better roles. How many clients are on Rowers Books and how many jobs are you currently handling? So Basil, as you know, COVID has affected many people uh, in terms of the employment. Uh, Right now, as, as I can tell you, end of last month, we had north of 700 clients on our books and we target about 10 10 to 12 uh, employment opportunities per month 
since conception, we're looking at about 135 employment opportunities that we've secured for our clients in a wide range of industries. So uh, besides the fabulous growth we've had in the past two years, COVID has impacted us as well and other businesses that has slowed down employment opportunities and regional mobility. But we can assure you that uh, our efforts are relentless and we'll continue to do the work for our clients. So Tarun, you mentioned COVID, which has been affecting us for the last 18 months. Outside of COVID, have there been any other growth factors that have led to the growth within ROA? Sure. So uh, as there were many challenges as we faced, such as COVID, I would say the growth of our organization has been based on three main pillars. One would be a clear vision from our executives. Secondly, the teamwork, constructive teamwork as an organization, I think, and also assistance and support from our well-wishers that are our donors and employer partners. Speaking as a client myself, those three pillars that you mentioned have shown themselves in the high quality of work of the team. Now, Tarun, having worked in Australia, what have you come to appreciate about the Australian migration system? And also, have you identified any development areas? Sure. So in terms of migration system, Basil, Australia has been a very generous country in relation to it. And under normal circumstances, according to the Australian Bureau of Statistics, they would welcome about 160,000 immigrants every year. So that is a very good number. And unfortunately, this has come to a stop because of COVID. But yet, hopefully, once we come under the new norms, we're hoping that the improvements could be that more and more migrants would be welcome because they facilitate a large uh, skill shortage in Australia. Secondly, as you may be aware, um, currently about what's happening in Afghanistan, we hope that the Australian government can extend uh, their support Mm -hmm. to it and we can welcome more and more refugees. So this way, I believe those are some improvements that the government could look into to welcoming more migrants and refugees into the country. That is excellent. I like the fact that Roar keeps itself up to date with what is happening around the world with the express intention of helping. Now, Tarun, can you tell us how you see the employment landscape shaping up for the foreseeable future? I know we've talked about COVID, but outside of COVID or in addition to COVID, is there anything else that you see in the employment sector and the employment landscape, particularly for immigrants? I believe uh, COVID may have come with good news as well for some of the migrants. At the moment, despite the border closures, I believe that there would be a positive impact for immigration in the future because currently, as you see, the point-tested system that allows immigrants to come into the country has been lowered a little bit. And also, if you look into the priority migration skill occupation lists, more and more skills, critical skills have been added on the list, such as nursing, project managers, accounting. So we believe it will favor more migrants coming into the country once we've challenged, once we've overcome the Delta migrant, Delta variant. uh, Now, Tarun, the next question I'm going to ask is a question that I always ask all of my guests, but I feel that Roa is best placed to answer this question because this is why Roa was formed. Let's assume that someone is considering coming to Australia or is already here in Australia. How would you tell them to prepare for the regional opportunities that are here? Look, Basil, I would love to say it in two words, open-mindedness. I believe if you have an open mind 
and you change your perspective about regional areas, it will be very helpful yeah. because people automatically assume that region Australia is rural Australia. That is not yeah. the case. So once yeah. you change the perspective about regional Australia, employment opportunities are there. Costs of yes. living are lower. So regional Australia is a very favorable place to go for migrants as well. And it yeah. also offers a more relaxed lifestyle. As you know, Sydney and Melbourne, yeah. very busy, expensive <laughs> to live. So I would definitely encourage people to look into regional employment opportunities because there'll also be less competitiveness. Sydney yes. and Melbourne is full of young graduates and locals that are applying for jobs day in, day out. Mm -hmm. If you yeah. go to regional, regional areas, you'll have more job opportunities there and you'll have yes. to create yourself a better chance of securing a residency. As you know, the government has made it much more easier for yeah. people in regional areas to secure their residency. That is precious, precious advice, Tarun, which I'm hoping that the listeners will heed. I will give a personal experience in terms of the lower cost of living out here in regional Australia. If three people rented a three-bedroomed house in Brisbane, the cost per person would be double the cost of uh, renting out a two-bedroom unit out here. So there is something to be gained and to be saved for staying out here where your dollar does definitely do a lot more. And also, one of the things that I noticed when I was on the employment websites is they defined regional Australia differently from how the government defines it. For example, employment websites do not demarcate the Gold Coast as um, regional, but the government deems Gold Coast as a regional area. So I think it is imperative that when people are, are looking for jobs in regional Australia, that they contact ROA so that they know exactly which areas are covered because you might actually be shortchanging yourself thinking that certain areas are not part of regional Australia. And that nicely segues uh, Tarun into how um, people can get in touch with, uh, with you or with ROA. Well, what are the best ways for people to contact you? Um, I would most definitely urge all your listeners to make sure that they go onto our website. So you can basically just search for uh, Regional Opportunities Australia on Google. Or you can yes. just go straight onto our website, which is www.roa.org.au. And once they go onto a website, if they will, they'll come across our sign-up page, where once they provide us with all the information, a case manager will get in touch with them, and we we will be able to help them accordingly. That is fantastic. And I would like to reiterate uh, what we spoke about last week, that ROA will be sharing all of its exclusive employment opportunities with the Diversity Club. And in turn, we will broadcast them every week and we will have all the links to those jobs in our show notes. And Tarun, I'd like to thank you and Roa for choosing Diversity Club to be a partner in our mutual efforts to improve the life of migrants to Australia. Any efforts that we can make in terms of uh, making that transition and assimilation into the Australian way of life easier is definitely welcome. And I'd like to thank you for the work that you have been doing. It is definitely appreciated. Thank you very much, Basil, for broadcasting what we hold. And we're here to help each and every person that is in need. And that is our purpose of being here. Thank you very much, Basil. Appreciate it. If you have enjoyed the show and you or anyone that you know would like to participate in future episodes, 
please feel free to contact us on info at diversityclub.com.au or on our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And remember, you're only limited by what you're exposed to. Have a good one, folks. 